Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Lawman, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from days of yore. I'm Alastair Beckett-King. And I'm James Shakeshaft. And James, Mm -hmm. this is a properly good spooky ghost story I've got for you. Yes, it's got a lot of classic elements. Oh yes, being asleep when the ghost appeared. Yeah, only one person seeing it. All the elements are there. Yeah. And it comes from the northeast of England. It's a nor'easter. It's the tale of the ghost and Mr. Chicken. Very serious, James. I don't know what you're laughing about. No, me neither. I was thinking about something else. I was thinking about a different Mr. Chicken. Shall I tell you a story, little James? Oh, yes, please. I've got my cocoa. We're in spooky month, and I'm bringing you another spooky tale. It better be spooky. I'm literally taking a leaf out of your book, uh? Ghosts Over Britain. But uh, now I've lost my place, because I use leaves <laughs> as bookmarks. <laughs> uh, thank you to Peter Mossy Moss. The Mossmeister General. Yeah, Mr Moss. Thank you, Peter Moss, for writing Ghosts Over Britain mm. in the 70s. Ghosts Over Britain. But yeah, just put your own sort of Pathé newsreel of various <laughs> ghosts doing things, and uh, like Stalin shaking hands with a ghost. <laughs> Super easy to Photoshop out. Save Stalin's um, proper propagandist a little bit of time there. (laughs) Did he do just like stock footage so that they could drop in other people? Yeah, it would make sense for Stalin to just get like shots of him on the beach having a laugh near a river and then they could just pop in people who had not crossed him at a later date. Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is Soviet propaganda was like those things where you pop your head through at the beach and you look like you're a strong man. Yes. Or a beautiful lady. Yeah, they needed that sort of technology. I've just realised that those things on the beach were the first Photoshop, really, weren't they? Yes. That's the original airbrushing, if you want to look great in your picture. Yeah, because whenever I'd show that to my grumpy uncle... Grumple. He'd go, fake. <laughs> you were never a circus strong man. Fake. She wasn't a donkey. So this story, Peter Moss mm. calls this ghost... The Silent Summoner. Ooh. Yeah. Pretty sinister. That's a spoopy name. And really, I should warn you and the listener, this is an unrelentingly spooky and tragic story, apart from one detail which massively undermines the whole atmosphere. Ooh. So, sorry about that in advance. Is it that the person in question did the whole thing through one of those beachside stick-your-head-through <laughs> things? <laughs> If anything, that would be a little bit more sober and sombre than the real thing. According to Peter Moss, it takes place in County Durham on Sherbrun Road. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, come on. Someone's trying to airbrush history right there. There is no Sherbrun Road in County Durham. Now, this may just be a mistake or it could just be an old-fashioned 1970s typo. Sherbrun Road is what he means. Maybe he's trying to protect the identity of Sherbrun Road very, <laughs> very poorly. Which is understandable. Sherbrun Road, not to be confused with Sherbrun Village. Sherbrun Road is a 
slightly different place in County Durham. Is it not the way to the village? Yeah, okay, yeah, it's on yeah, the way. It's on yeah, the way. Right, but right, in this right. way that, the same way that Oxford Street is not in Oxford. Yes, yes. And Gare de Lyon in uh, Paris is not in Lyon. That is confusing because Gare means station, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You would expect Lyon Station to be in Lyon. Yeah, when you do your best bit of French to a uh, ticket person on the French underground, on the French London underground. Excusez-moi, garçon. Uh, Excusez-moi, uh, je voudrais un billet pour Gare de Lyon. And he looked at me and went, in French, basically went, you want to go to Lyon? <laughs> this is the French London Underground, you idiot. <laughs> Which is like someone... Yeah, it's, like, it's a bit like being on the tube and saying you want to go to Canada when you actually want to go to Canada Water. Yes, I want to slide down a mud chute. But... <laughs> <laughs> when actually you just want to go to the station mud chute. Which is equally ridiculous that that exists. Yeah, it's funny though. However, I do think if you said that to someone on the underground, they are mostly not French and they would realise what you meant without the withering look of a disapproving maitre d. But they're also in London, so they probably not make eye contact with you and push you down their nearest mud chute. That is true. Also, some of them are French. Uh, There's no rules. There's no legal way they can stop them, James. And that's why we need to vote leave. Okay. <laughs> One, irony doesn't come out on podcasts. <laughs> Two, we're, this is t many years too late. Yeah, for the benefit of listeners... It's happened, it's too late. Yes. The French are gone. Yes. And the London Underground has never been calmer. <laughs> oh. But the French London Underground, what? <laughs> Absolute nightmare. So we're on Sherburn Road. When I was in school, I lived in a different former pit village that is a suburb of Durham, in County Durham. I suppose where I lived was a bit posher than Sherburn Road. So Sherburn Road was the rougher bit. For um, people who don't know, a pit village is a village that was associated with a mine. <laughs> yeah, not just a village that was itself a hole. However, in the case of Sherburn Road, yeah. <laughs> it, I think it seems to have gone a bit upmarket. I was on Google Street View and there was a tanning salon with the amazing name Infinite Tan. Right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds dangerous. That's I've just realised that's one of them shops that could have been around 200 years ago, but would have given you a very different service. So what would a tanner have done? Don't they just sort of colour leather or treat leather to turn it into clothes? But still infinitely. But the reason I mention Infinite Tan is that there is a cafe two doors down called Infinite Scran. <laughs> the sequel. Yes. The, is it like when you get those dodgy knockoff films? Yeah. That are just like Predator of the Aliens. Yes. Yeah, Snow White and several dwarves. Mm. And they've got almost the same font to try and lure people in by accident. I don't know how widely used the term Scran is. It means food, if you don't know, listener. Yes. I'd say that's a, uh, a Midlands and up term for food. I don't think people tend to use scran down south. Is that right? Okay. I don't know about this one, but do you remember, it seems to have stopped now, but do you remember there was sort of self-scan at the supermarket where you would actually take one of the blip things round with you and blip. Oh yeah. In the northeast, that was known as the scan and gan. Scan and gan. Nice. The scan and gan. I know, isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> the scan and gan. Uh, so much better than scan and go. Oh, definitely. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Makes me probably sick. <laughs> scan and go. <laughs> scan and gan. Gorgeous. <laughs> So in 1937, John Mahan died of bronchitis. Oh. We're into the tragedy here. It's got real downbeat all of a sudden. He lived on Sherburn Road and he died leaving behind his wife Jane and their five children. So she, in straightened circumstances, took on a lodger. And that lodger's name was Mr. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ben Chicken. Mr. B Chicken. <laughs> Mr. Mr. B. <laughs> I just want to be clear. 
<laughs> he was a human. <laughs> I've seen the picture of him in the book. Well, because it sounds like the naming conventions of kids' books, mm. whereby everyone's surname is the animal that they are. Yes. Which I always thought is impractical, because it means you can have one of each animal. Yeah, or they're all related. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Wolf. What's the time Mr. Wolf? Yes, for example. Uh, Mr. Chicken was a human man. Or not, not a sort of chicken boo from Animaniacs okay. situation. He's not seven chickens in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was, he was a miner from Usher Moor, which should be pronounced Usher Moor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I pronounce it Usher Moor because it sounds like something that your boss would say if you worked in a cinema. Yes. It, apparently, it means Wolf Forest Moor. Oh. Yeah. So Mr. Chicken probably... Let's get right out of there. He would have been glad to leave. Yes, yeah. Sherburn Road might be a little bit down market, but at least he's free from the wolves. <laughs> the terror of wolf. So that's our Mr. Chicken, the Usher Moore Mr. Chicken. Now, I tried to corroborate this story, and I came upon a completely separate Mr. Chicken. London has its own Mr. Chicken. Is this just like a chicken shop mascot now? Yes, first of all, there is a branch of chicken shops called Mr. Chicken. <laughs> this is all about chicken shops. Mr. Chicken is a pseudonym. This Mr. Chicken, his real name, I just can't believe this is true. His real name is Morris B. Casanova. <laughs> That's his real name. How do you how do you get a pseudonym if your real name is Morris B. Casanova? Oh wow. He is the graphic designer who has designed every chicken shop graphic in London. So his sign company make all of them. And they refer to him as Mr. Chicken. You need a chicken shop sign doing, you go to Mr. Chicken. This was discovered by the graphic designer Sharon Hughes, who was writing a book about the aesthetics of chicken shop signs. They're much more common in London than they are in other parts of the country. If you haven't seen them, Mm. the chickens are always thrilled to be serving you chicken. Mm. They're like really happy cartoon chickens. I used to have a bit of stand-up about how they should replace them with, you know, those holograms, which sort of change as you walk past. Yes. So that as you go past the chicken shop, the chicken gradually undergoes a slow, dawning realisation <laughs> of everything. He's been selling out his chicken family. Yeah, yes. For- it's like, it's just the, the enthusiasm of them is way too much for a chicken selling you Fried chicken. It makes you think that maybe it's not actually chicken in them. Yeah. Like, why is the chicken so pleased? Is he getting one over on us? Yes. So Mr. Casanova, aka Mr. Chicken, reckons that 90% of London chicken shop signs were either designed by him or plagiarised from his designs. And we're talking about big names here. We're talking about Chickenland. Yeah. Chicken Point. Hen Cottage. Favourable chicken. Are we talking about any state of the United States of America fried chicken? Dixieland chicken. Carolina chicken. <laughs> Idaho fried chicken. And of course, the <laughs> the pizza chicken combo shop, Chickpeas, <laughs> in Stoke Newington. My favourite shop in South London is in Brixton. It's uh, hairdressers or barbers, and it's called Haircut Sir, with a question mark at the end. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's really, that's great. I love that. Uh, so back to the tragedy. So a year after Mr. Chicken moved in as a lodger... <clears throat> He's probably just need to pop some new newspaper down for him every week or so. <laughs> Fill up his grain silo. A year after he moved in, he and June were married. Aww. And Peter Moss gives us a beautiful quote from Mr. Chicken. It was not love then, says Mr. Chicken, just convenience. Real love came later. Aww. Which is quite sweet. They married as a marriage of convenience, but they came to love each other. And he came to feel great affection for her children. Flash forward to 1944. And I've got to be honest, Peter Moss's writing is really good, so I'm going to quote him directly here. Mm. 
In mid-June 1944, with the excitement and dread of the invasion of Europe the universal topic, Ben Chicken dreamed, or perhaps saw, he is not sure which, the figure of a perfectly ordinary working man in modern clothing standing silently beside the bed, staring hard at the occupants. The apparition stayed long enough for Ben to register every detail of face and dress, and then vanished. Okay, a mm. dream, mm. a one-off dream mm. of a working man watching him and his wife sleeping, and at breakfast the next morning... Probably eating eggs. I don't know. Oh. He might feel a bit weird about that. Is he like the logo? Is he sort of coming to the realisation? <laughs> yeah, just doing a big thumbs up and a smile, but with sadness <laughs> in the eyes. He described the apparition he had seen to June, little realising that he was point by point describing the very visage of her late husband, John Mahan, who had died just a few years earlier. A man who Ben Chicken had never seen. Sorry. So she's now married to Ben Chicken, and she used to be married to... John Mahan. So she used to be married to a Mahan, <laughs> and now she's married to a chicken. <laughs> yes. Which started as a marriage of convenience, because there's nothing more convenient than marrying a chicken. <laughs> so thank you for clarifying that. So that vision that he had seen, that dream could be a vision returned night after night. Oh. Well, you know, Mr. Chicken and June, they were faithful Catholics, and he began to feel a little bit of panic about this. You know, it seemed that her husband was still in love with her. Mm. And what was going to happen to him in the hereafter? Oh, good point. You know, who was she going to go to? He almost found himself becoming jealous of the spirit. Mm. He didn't know why it was there, if it, if it had a message to send or whether it was there as a threat or a warning. Mm. And I'm sorry to say, the meaning of the vision became clear very quickly. A telegram arrived informing Jane that her eldest son, John Robert, had been killed in action in the Second World War. Oh, no. And although the vision returned, it became less and less frequent over the course of that year. And then they moved to Ushermore, where Mr. Chicken grew up. Oh, no. Into a place called Chestnut Grove. And I cannot stress how much that place in real life does not look like how you imagine it based on the name Chestnut Grove. Mm, Chestnut Grove. It is a row of council-built bungalows in County Durham. Oh. Please, Americans, find out what England looks like. <laughs> it doesn't look like how you imagine Chestnut Grove to look. It's not as dappled as, as I'm thinking, then. There's not any trees, for one thing. Uh, it's not a grove. And these thatched cottages that the council built. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, these quaint little... Um, <laughs> Quaint little houses. So they lived there quite happily until 1973, when, according to Mossy, time collapsed. Oh, God. He doesn't really explain what he means by that, but it's a great phrase. Oh, my God. In mid-1973, time collapsed, and the awful apprehension of almost 20 years earlier flooded back as once again the incorporeal Mr. Mahan stood beside the bed, as he had before, silent and ominous. Mm. For several weeks, Ben prayed in vain that his sleep that night would be free of the praying figure, which he knew on waking presaged some disaster. Yeah, so he knew it was going to be a harbinger of tragedy and, right enough, he returned home from the pit a few days later to find Jane collapsed on the floor. Oh. And she died three weeks later. Oh, no. So no amount of humorous surnames can really lighten that up. No, not at all. Oh. The Phantom didn't reappear until 1975 and when he saw it, it was so vivid he couldn't believe that it was a vision. And within hours of seeing it, he received news that his youngest adopted son, Vincent, had collapsed while driving a lorry and died in hospital. Oh, dear. I know. It's a really sad story. It's, I mean, it's a good thing this guy's surname is Chicken. Yeah, it's, that's doing a lot of the hard work for us, comedy-wise. Mm-hmm. So the muster leaves the unusual case of Mr. Chicken with uh, the question of what was awaiting him after death. Ben Chicken 
not unnaturally, lives in dread of the recurring phantom. It seems to Ben that there is only one more thing that it can come for. We can only hope that the answer Christ gave to the Sadducees is the true one. In the resurrection they will neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as angels of God in heaven. Mm. So he's really worried that when he dies, he's going to be in a massive fight with uh, Mr. Man. <laughs> Mr. Man's going to come at him. Man versus chicken. <laughs> oh, no. Who would win? Is it a human-sized chicken <laughs> or 10, ten chicken-sized mahans? <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather battle in heaven? I, so I, I mentioned that I looked for corroboration for this. Mm-hmm. And there's a movie. Is there? The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, 1966. There is a movie called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. From 66? From 19. 19- 1966, which, yes, is before this happened and is not about this, oh. it turns out. But I watched it yesterday, just to be sure. And is the chicken... The, the, this is the annoying thing about it, James. There's no chicken in that film. <sighs> I watched the whole film waiting for the chicken to come in. You could say that you, you missed a chicken. Uh, <laughs> I missed Mr. Chicken. <laughs> like I was like 50 minutes into the film and I realised that... It's like a spooky haunted house comedy, and the main character is a coward, and he's Mr. Chicken because he is a chicken. Oh, he's a chicken. But since the main story was sad, I always like to have a look at the the goofs on IMDb. You got to. Because almost none of them, I think, qualify as, as goofs. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. They're just descriptions of things that you have to do if you're making a film. It's things like, um, uh, when he slides down the chute into the coal bucket, uh, it's a stunt actor. Mm. Yeah, it's like that's not a mistake. That's just how you shoot stunts. Yeah, they don't really do goofs in, like, action films. Like, when the protagonist punches the other man in the face, he doesn't break the small bones in his hand and seems to be able to punch <laughs> other people without being upset by it. Yeah, it's so bizarre. When the uh, the main character, a family man who's driven to the edge and beyond, kills the criminals, <laughs> he doesn't seem upset by his actions. <laughs> it's unlikely that such a psychopath would have been able to get a whole family in the first place. Almost all of the plot holes are just when he points his torch at things in the haunted house, uh-huh. the spot of the torch doesn't quite line up. Because that's because it was 1966 and torches aren't bright enough to mm. light a set in 1966. So there's a second person on a spot moving a spot around the haunted house. There's a plot hole here that these uh, ghosts are played by actors. They're here <laughs> in the credits at the end. And they, the person playing the ghost didn't die till 20 years after this film was made. <laughs> so there you have it, James. That was a tale of horrible misery, poverty, sadness, death, mm. somewhat lightened by us laughing at one of the protagonist's names. Yes. And in context... A second character's name. Mm, yes, I didn't realise that John Mahan. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like saying it like that. A handbag? Yes. It's like you got hiccups. But a man. It's like of mice and men, but instead of mice, it's a chicken. And it's not men, it's just one man. Yep. Mahan. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. So to the scores, mm-hmm. my first category for you, <clears throat> a just tie, mm. is names. Oh, naming. Right. Naming. Yes. Okay, then. Um, I accept my five points. Thank you. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Mr. Chicken, James. Mr. B. Chicken. Mr. B. Chicken. Are you B. Chicken? Uh, the correct grammar is, do you B. Chicken? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't even mentioned Morris B. Casanova. Really? The B also stands for Benjamin. It's the same B. So he is also a Ben Chicken in a way. In a way, he's we've got two Ben Chickens. Double Ben Chicken. So you've got double chicken... Double chicken. Have I mentioned double chicken on this podcast, by the way? What is double chicken? Well, it's a thing from that workplace where they used to bully me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
one day we read a story about a man who ate two roast dinners a day. Mm. And I, you know, fun f- for the office, thought we'd ask, like, what two roast dinners would you have? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, pork and beef, maybe, or lamb and chicken. And one person said, double chicken. Double chicken. Two chicken. He'd have two chicken roasts, mm. which... For me, it was great because it meant someone else was getting mocked mercilessly for a few minutes. <laughs> I thought you slept upon them. Oh, yeah. I was like George McFly in the diner <laughs> when they pick on Marty. Um, You're like, two chickens, you idiot. Because the nature of roasts is that you get to go back. Mm. A roast dinner has seconds built in. That's part yes, of the thing. The leftovers. Because that's why I don't like a pub roast is because you don't get to have a second's helpings. Or you just have to buy another roast dinner. The thing is, I mean, I'm vegan and nobody wants seconds from a nut roast. Firsts is bad enough. I roasted a cauliflower the other day, like you see on the news, <laughs> and uh, it was really nice. Yes, I've had some good roast cauliflower, to be honest. Just a nice little secret. I mean, it is still roast cauliflower, yes. so let's not go crazy. Sure. Let's not overstate how delicious it is, but it, it can be very nice. as... As god-awful as I feared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know somebody who was on, a, you know, those dating websites where you can mm. be like dating in uniform, all that sort of thing. Mm. She was on one for millionaires. Oh. For, you know, so women who wanted to go out with men who were millionaires. And one of the guys she went on a date with ate an entire roast chicken to impress her. Uh, did it work? She's still telling the story. It did. It did not, it did not work. It did make an impression. <laughs> it, but yeah, it, it's memorable, but not impressive per se. <laughs> also, if, I mean, how needy are you if you're already a millionaire? The, 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 that isn't, you don't think you're impressive enough going into a, I was going to say going into a meeting. I'm not an expert on dating, James. <laughs> and so, did, but how did she know? He wasn't just really hungry for chicken. Because I don't think you do. I don't. I think. I, I, he I think he say, sort of gave her a look. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't. A did chaperone. he say you're about to be impressed when they brought out his dinner, <laughs> and then at ten to twenty minutes later, go room Are you not entertained? <laughs> I could get another one. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, postscript for the um, work bullion thing for the guy's. Next birthday, we bought him two frozen roast chicken dinners. I, I can't endorse that as a vegan, but it is very funny. Yes. By the way, it was it was some sort of processed chicken, so at least it was using up all the bits. Oh, good, good. Uh, probably leave that bit out. It's not what the person uh, making the roast dinner said about the chicken <laughs> particles. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, it's five. Thank you. Mm. Second category, mm-hmm. supernatural. Yes. Now, Mm. we've got three appearances of the same ghost. We've acknowledged it might be a dream, but the dream, even if it is a dream, includes the facial details that could only be John Mahan. Mahan. Oh, Mahan. Yes, that's odd. He just stands there, silent, unspeaking, unmoving, staring down at them, night after night. Mrs. Chicken Knee Man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not have any pictures of her ex-husband around? It was the 1930s, and this is a pit village in County Durham. People couldn't afford cameras. You had one picture taken when you went to the beach through one of those big <laughs> weightlifter, beautiful lady things, and that was all you got. I suppose, yeah. If he'd have said, if he'd have described the dream of, and it had the guy's face, but his body was of, like, a buxom cook. <laughs> yeah, or a man in a singlet. Yeah. <laughs> Holding yeah. a barbell. Uh, an actual donkey. <laughs> you, that would have told us that 
that he'd got it from a photograph, but he, obviously, mm. clearly it came from the spiritual realm, James. And do you get to choose your clothes when you're a ghost? I think usually you wear what you were wearing when you died. Oh, no. Conventionally, don't you? Tends to be. It's going to be awful if you were going to like a costume party yes. dressed as like Queen Elizabeth and then you died. Because I look quite a lot like her anyway. And everyone will be like, oh, it's Queen Elizabeth. And I'd have to be like, I'm actually from the 90s. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not of the time period. It was a costume. <laughs> it was fashionable to dress like the 70s. I don't know why I would have been dressing up as Queen Elizabeth in the 90s. There was the big Tudor comeback, wasn't there? <laughs> Tudors were in. It was just after Britpop. <laughs> Stuarts were out. <laughs> Dressing like a Plantagenet? What are you? It's from the 80s? Actually, they did. They had the new romantics. They sort of dressed in the format with the frilly sleeves. And weren't the Teddy Boys uh, dressed like Edwardians? That's where the name comes from. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think mm. Edward. it was a sort of a spoof Edwardian type dress. I didn't know that. Fascinating. I mean, I'm going to Google it before I let this get through the edit. I've gone really gone out on a limb there. I hope it is because I'll... That'd be an amazing fact. If it's true. So come on, this is a pretty straightforward, good old ghost story. Yeah. I'd say, I, like if I was being cheap, I'd say three because there were three times that it appeared, but four because there's the fourth sighting that we're all worried about. Yeah. And also, I don't know, from the ghost point of view, this sounds like it's a ghost that's aware. You know, sometimes you get ghosts that aren't aware of their hauntings. They just kind of get on with their stuff and you happen to see it or you don't. But there are some ghosts that seemingly are aware of this is a ghost making a point because what he's thinking is he's come back to warn his wife that his son's gonna die and he's found her in bed with a chicken oh yeah that's pretty awkward no, no wonder he's staring and coming back every <laughs> night for a year just to really try it's a real head scratcher so i'm gonna go full fives whoa okay yeah. wow i'll pop that in my back pocket my next category is local color because i offered you the uh infinite tan and Infinite Scran. <laughs> I offered you the many chicken shops of London. Yeah, and they were all red, basically red and white, but sometimes blue. The colours of the American flag and the British flag and the French flag and several other nations. Cuba. Most flags, isn't it? Italy. No, that's like, Italy's like Ireland's flag, but just like with a filter on to make it look a bit better. Is it? Or uh, Ireland is at least flag, but gone through on a bit of a too hot wash. I think we should forget this flag detour. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, the category. Anyone who would be interested in this would be also incredibly angered by how wrong we're getting <laughs> flags. Local colour, but that colour is brown. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Chestnut Grove. Yeah, chestnut's a form of brown. Somewhat brown. Sherborne is, is, is a brown stream. As listeners to the podcast know well. Tanning of either type is basically brown. So these are multiple instances of the same colour. Of the same colour. Um, what colour is a is a chicken when it's done? But that's brown. Really brown. Yeah, quite brown. Um, so there is definitely one big local colour. Yep. But you brought a lot of local. What what I liked is that you brought a lot of local colour and you gave us a lot of context for this Thank story. You. Chestnut Grove, not as nice as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the people of Chestnut Grove. I think. It's got to be low because it's not many colours. No, oh, I can't believe I've been caught in a web of my own devising once again. Caught in your own brown web. <laughs> uh, three, three. Three. Oh, okay, okay, not bad. Mm. I mean, I couldn't, have kept, I couldn't have expected that five streak to continue. No. Final category, chicken. <laughs> chicken. Chicken, 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 chicken. Oh, the name King doesn't like chickens. <laughs> but fortunately, he's not judging this. Um, Don't you know that eggs are poison? 
<clears throat> Mr. Chicken. Morris B. Casanova, a.k.a. Mr. Second Chicken. Mr. Chicken. Hen Cottage. <laughs> Do you mean Chicken Cottage? No. Hen Cottage. <laughs> the non-alliterative rip-off of Chicken Cottage. Chickpeas. Chickpeas. Or, or should it be Chickpeats? Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you pronounce the abbreviation of pizza? pizza? Yeah, should it be chickpeas or chickpeats? Is it got two Z's? Two Z's. That's pizz. Otherwise, it would be pizzas. But it's short of context. You don't know it's Italian. I, I did once hear someone say pizza. <laughs> Pizza. Pizza. It's like, have you just heard about pizzas <laughs> yeah. now? What is this? Was this... Is it 1961? Were you time travelling? Where, where do you live? Chestnut Grove? <laughs> How have you not heard about pizzas until now? Were you that Italian princess that they invented it for? <laughs> Wasn't her name Margarita? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I prefer the uh, other uh, Italian princess, Alfungi. <laughs> Quattro Saison. <laughs> um, and of course, spicy chicken. <laughs> the problem is I don't know enough pizza names because I can't eat pizzas. Oh. I can't continue this riff. It's good that pizzas weren't invented in Britain because they'd be called Margaret's. Oh, yeah. I'll just have a Maggie. Can I have a pie, Margaret? A Maggie pie. Like a little Thatcher cake. <laughs> oh. No dairy in that, famously. <laughs> and it's only cooked on one side because uh, that, ladies, not for turning. Mm. A little golf clap for that. That was a good impression of Thatcher, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, Google Milk Snatcher, if you're an American and didn't yes. understand that joke. But of course, the, the items of food we've invented there, there's only one place that would sell them, and that is Infinite Scram. <laughs> a place in which the food options are unlimited by your imagination or the laws of physics. Yeah, you can have literally anything. Literally any food that's available. Infinite roast dinners. You could have a pizza from an alternative universe where it was invented by Margaret Thatcher, as opposed to an actual Mr. Whippy from this universe, which was invented by Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I don't even like Mr. Whippy. I hate soft ice cream. I think that is, that's your political leanings there, <laughs> colouring your taste buds. That is, we, we have had complaints. We, we keep allowing our political opinions to creep into the podcast. And here I am saying I don't like Mr. Whippy. That is big stuff. That is, yeah, we are going to get. If you also agree with us on Thatcher or Mr. Whippy, give us a five-star review to make up for the uh, the negative feedback we'll be getting off Yes, that. please do. We try to keep our politics out of it, but when Mr. Whippy comes up, I can't yeah. hold you back. <laughs> it's too soft. <laughs> it's too soft. <laughs> okay, what was the score? There's also the Mr. Chicken from The Ghost and Mr. Chicken 1966. Oh, that's minimum three chickens. That's a lot of chickens. they got the two chickens your co-worker had. Uh, I think we're on about 19 five chickens. chickens. Five out of five for chicken. It's got to be. I can't disrespect the man yes. any more than I already have. Yes. I, I think this is one of the highest scoring episodes for a while. Yeah. I'm very happy. I don't know if it's guilt scores because it was actually quite a sad story inside mm. it that was quite recent. Because mm. to be fair, I'm sure we've had sadder stories, but it's because it's reasonably recent yeah, that yeah, it yeah. seems sadder. If a bad thing happens to a Victorian, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But this happened to someone from County Durham in the 70s. Yes. Uh, things weren't going that great before the ghost. Mm. I hope no one gets any nightmares, because this is spooky month. Yep. So I hope yep, no one yep, gets yep. any nightmares from this of... Someone peering at them during the night from behind a beachside <laughs> stick your head through thing. Is there a better name for them? Stick your head through thing. You know, the one that makes you look like you're a circus strongman. That's what they're called. They're probably all made by one guy who's called Mr. Beach Sign Thing, where you stick your head through and it makes you look like a circus strongman. But his real name's Mr. B. Casanova. <laughs> it's the same man. <laughs> he does all the drawing. How do you weave this world of mystery? Mr. B. Casanova. Thank you.
been listening to Lawmen with me Alastair Beckett King and me James Shakeshaft and you know James I think sometimes people want to support the podcast yeah how can they do that well they can go to the internet to a website called patreon.com forward slash lawmen pod and if you don't want to do that you can just give us a five star review oh yes and you can't give us less than five stars I think the website's broken or something yeah if it does allow you to give less than five stars then you need to re-go back in and give it five stars yeah yeah there's one person in America that put three stars in and that that means that his computer's broken Alistair I have two apologies oh yeah Two omissions. Omissions or emissions? <laughs> Two omissions. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, what a relief. Apology one. When we were talking about funny takeaway shop names. Yeah. Chickpeas, etc. I neglected to mention my favourite one from when I lived in Clapham, which was called almost sort of, it seems like winsomely, Pizza Today. And every day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, so I did a vicar name that. It's a good call to action, though. Mm. And I think it was a chicken shop. (laughs) Uh, And my other apology is when we were talking about Mr. Mahan looking down on his wife uh, in bed with Mr. With Mr. Chicken, you can say it. With Mr. Chicken, I did not refer to him as a cluck old. at any point and uh, I can only apologise for not having done that if I had a time machine after the other two things that I do with my time machine the third would be go back to the record of this and remind myself to say cluckold lessons have been learned we'll take the point and we'll move on <laughs>